Um, how does everybody feel about the NBA playoff this year? I gen- I genuinely want to know. How does everyone feel about them? If you're an NBA fan, of course. I don't know who is or who isn't. I like NBA. I like especially the playoff time. I love watching the playoffs. You know, my team's never in it. I'm a New York Knicks fan, but, you know, I, I enjoy watching the playoffs nonetheless. How do you guys feel about it? I mean, does it? am I the only one that feels like Golden State Warriors kind of suck the fun out of the NBA playoffs? Because it kind of seems like an like a foregone conclusion that the, that they're going to win, you know. So watching all the other playoff games really doesn't matter because they have they stacked the deck so much with their team. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, four playoff starters. I mean, excuse me, four All Star starters on one team. <laughs> uh I don't know, man. I, I feel like. You know, the playoffs used to be like, you know, so intense and you just didn't know what was going to happen and all this stuff. But this year, man, this year and last year and the last couple of years, just, it's not been the same for me. It hasn't been the same. It, 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 the Warriors have just crushed everyone and then, and they've crushed everyone for the last two years. And then they added Kevin Durant after that. <laughs> uh so greedy well it's so greedy that they didn't have enough they didn't have enough with with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Thompson and, and, and Draymond Green they had to go around and get the second best player in the league as well okay <laughs> like Western Conference like who cares who cares who else wins you know you're gonna get BBL Golden State you know it it's over finito so sorry <laughs> And on the East, you know, you thought Cleveland was going to be the far gone conclusion, but they looked a little shaky, baby, towards the end of the season. But they seem to, you know, have found their rhythm a little bit in the playoffs, going up 3-0 against the Pacers, even though the Pacers stink. So it can't, it's hard to judge if they're doing good or if the Pacers are just that bad. I don't know. But uh, it looks to me like it's going to be the Cavaliers versus Golden State once again. And I think Golden State's going to smash them this time with the addition of Kevin Durant. And JaVale McGee, what happened to him? He went from Shaq to the full Hall of Famer to he's looking pretty good in his playoffs. <laughs> looking pretty good. Uh, that's no fun. I mean, I'm, I'm, you, I want the Shaq to the full JaVale McGee, the one that, you know, who tries to dunk from the foul line and doesn't even make it halfway, the one that throws the ball out of bounds for no reason, the one that trips over his own feet, the one that runs back on defense while his team still has the ball. <laughs> that's the JaVale we know and love. Come back to us, JaVale. All this good plan and 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 you being a good player. Ain't no fun in that. Ain't no fun in that. Come back to us, JaVale. Be the incompetent baboon that we all love, know and love. <laughs> be, be, be the dude that trips over his own feet for no reason and falls over imaginary lines that we all know and love. So if you can go back on Shaq and the Fool where you belong. You hear me, JaVale? Nah, I'm just kidding. Only kind of, kind of do miss you, but I'm glad you're doing well. And uh, Golden State looks like they're well on their way to another championship, so hooray for them. Well, that concludes basketball analysis for today. <laughs> and we will now move on to the MMA fight game.
now it's time for everyone's favorite mixed martial arts podcast, the MMA Fight Game with Jason Hoban and Tim Robertson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the MMA Fight Game. I am your host with the most, Tim Robertson. Jason Hoban is out sick, ladies and gentlemen. He's out sick. He doesn't feel good. He's very, very ill. He tried to come in today. He was unable to do so. It's okay. If you're sick, you're sick. You can't do anything about it. It is what it is. We will miss him once again. But your boy, Tim Robertson, is holding it down one more time for another episode of the MMA Fight Game. We have a whole lot to get into today, Um, a lot in the world around town. We have a fight, uh, two fight cards that happened this weekend. Uh, We're going to go over the main event of Bellator, and we're going to go over the entire UFC fight night card from last night. Um, Incredible card, incredible card, and incredible main event in Bellator, just just two great main events, really, from UFC and from Bellator. It was pretty awesome. Uh, main evented, UFC main evented by Artem Loboff and Cub Swanson. Main event in Bellator, main evented by Patricio Pitbull versus Daniel Strauss for. Um, Going to get into all of those, you know, uh, get through those. Um Got a lot of stuff to talk about in the word around town. We're going to get pretty much straight into that. But before we do so... I just wanted to ask you fans, uh, you people out there in the world, um, I guess I seem to seemingly give you guys <laughs> a wedding update every week, basically. And um, I really don't have an update for you this week. I basically just wanted to uh, ask you guys. I, I am the wedding is August 5th. It's less than four months away now, you know, and as anybody would. On my wedding day, I want to look my best. I want to look in great shape. I want to look, you know, the best I can. You know, I want to try to lose as many pounds as I can. I got some extra baggage around the old waistline, you know. Got a little extra baggage. I, I want to drop those baggage off a baggage claim. You know, I don't, I don't want to claim them no more. I've, I've had them for a long time. It's been weighing me down. I would like to lose them. <laughs> and, uh... I'm trying to find the perfect diet to go on to be able to lose as much weight as humanly possible in a less than four month span while still doing it in a healthy manner. I don't want to do it unhealthy. I don't want to, you know, suffer my, uh, you know, suffer or, or torture myself or or really do something that turns out to be detrimental to my body in the long run. I want to do something that is healthy, but at the same time as effective as humanly possible because I don't have that much time. So I'm asking you, I turn to you. I, I have I have a couple diets in mind I'm going to st- try that I think I'm going to uh, 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 go through and see which one I want to choose. But if anybody out there, you know, has a diet that they know of, that they know will be effective and they think 
is a is a great diet to go on in a four month span to lose a certain amount of weight. Please do not hesitate to send them my way. You know, send them to the uh, Gmail account, uh, the MMA, the MMA Fight Game at Gmail dot com. Send them, you know, via Twitter at the MMA Fight Game. Send them to Facebook at Facebook dot com slash the MMA Fight Game. Send them my way because I need them. I'm highly appreciative. I'll be highly appreciative of them. Thank you very much. So let's move on to the word around town. It's time for the word around town. Where Jason and Tim talk about all the latest in mixed martial arts news. The word around town on the MMA Fight Game Podcast. Okay, in the word around town today, we got a couple of... uh, Interesting things that's happened through the past week. Um, I guess we'll start off and pay homage to one of the greats that ever to ever lace, you know, to ever put a pair of MMA gloves on. He has finally announced his retirement. Uh, Miguel Angel Torres. If for those of you who don't know Miguel Angel Torres, he's one of the greatest little little guys in the history of the mixed martial arts. It's great. Great bantamweight champion, just a, a beast. He really made his name in the WEC. I used to watch him all the time. He was a monster. He 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 uh, had this this just serious look on his face when he fought, and it like it was it was the the greatest poker face you ever seen. Cause he could be hurt, he could be in trouble. That face never changed ever ever. I think one time I seen seen him get knocked out knocked out, and he still had that look on his face while knocked out. <laughs> just the poker face you couldn't tell if he was hurt not hurt tired not tired you couldn't tell anything he was a beast man he was an absolute beast um ran roughshod all over the the wc until finally brian bowles that's who it was that finally took him out and uh you could tell from there that was really the tail end of his career he, he wasn't quite the same man but boy oh boy did he have quite a run there an amazing run um I think without a doubt, without a doubt in my mind, that Miguel Angel Torres should be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Without a doubt. Even though he didn't have that great of a run in the UFC. You know, he was very 50-50, maybe even more losses than wins. But uh, everyone knew that by the time he got to the UFC, that was the twilight of his career. He, he, he completely missed his whole entire prime before getting to the UFC. Which is a shame because I would love to see Miguel Angel Torres in the octagon at his physical prime. He would have been a problem, and he also I feel like he would have really been popular. He was he was a really popular guy in WEC and really likable, uh, cocky a little bit, confident a little bit, but deservedly so. Man, he was a beast. I think at one point in time he was like thirty five and four. And hadn't lost a fight in like 10 years, something like that. Just a monster. Just a beast. Uh, congratulations to a very successful and awesome career for Miguel Hell Torres and a very deserved retirement. And I'm sure he'll, in, in his next phase of life, he'll be training people or have his own gym or if he doesn't have his own gym already. And, and, and just sharing his knowledge with everyone he can because he has a lot of it and he was a just an absolute killer in his prime so congratulations to uh to uh miguel on hell torres 
and uh, good luck to you in your future endeavors, man. And hopefully we'll see you soon in the UFC Hall of Fame. Next up, uh, Sage Northcutt. I say his name. I'm not. I'm only saying that to say that to not to talk about him, but to say that his sister, Colby Northcutt, will be making her pro MMA debut in June for Legacy Fighting Alliance. Um, if you. <laughs> For those of you who haven't t- looked at the, a picture of them two to get together, Colby Northcutt looks like Sage Northcutt with a wig. I'm just I'm just being real. They look like identical twins. It's it's the funniest thing you ever seen. From the big cartoonish jaw to the eyes to the smile to everything, everything. If you have not looked at that, please, please, please go look at that because it. It's hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. It is worth your time. <laughs> it looks just alike. It looks like Sage Northcutt with a wig. It does. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to post it later on Facebook just so in case any of y'all missed it, you can see it and laugh at it. It's hilarious. But um, she looks like, you know, she looks like in, and she looks in good shape and things like that. I'm not, I'm not sure how she'll do. Not, I think it's the only time we'll tell that, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Um. Sage has certainly fell on hard times as of late. Yeah, he started off to a hot start, but uh, he seems to fall on hard times. He has trouble with people on the ground. He's very, 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 very la- uh, much a lack of skills on the in the ground game. And uh, he's very young, so he has a lot to learn. So, but she will be uh, Colby Northcutt will be making her debut in june they don't have a specific date yet but it will be in june and it will be for legacy fighting alliance so everyone keep their eye on that and uh we'll see what happens i'm interested i'm interested to see how she does because i imagine if she wins a couple fights i imagine the ufc doesn't waste much time in picks so we'll see what happens um i guess we'll move on to another ufc fighter who is now an ex-UFC fighter and currently signed to Bellator. Um, it seems like almost every time we do one of these podcasts, someone else UFC is signed to Bellator. I mean, Bellator slowly but surely just signed an overtalent, selling overtalent. Valerie Treble Letourneau is officially a Bellator fighter. Um, I, I really don't know what the UFC is doing, man. They, I mean... Right now, Bellator is a sweeter deal monetarily. That's just the way it is. If you are not Conor McGregor or a champion in the UFC, Bellator is a sweeter deal. It's monetarily. That that's that's just that is just the way it is right now. UFC is not willing to cough up the coin. <laughs> and it used to be only has-beens and people who can't hack it in the UFC were going over to Bellator. But now more and more people who are very much tenders in the division are going to Bellator because they don't have to wear have to be, uh, be, be beholden to the stupid Reebok deal they don't have to be beholden to not be able to wear their sponsors out to the cage they don't have to be beholden to you know being underpaid and underappreciated they get to go to Bellator where they get treated like superstars where they get marketed like superstars where they get 
paid what they're worth and where they get to use their sponsors, sponsorships and wear them to the cage. People who have their own sponsorships get paid much, much more money than that Reebok deal get pays them. Much more money. And this Reebok deal is really crushing the UFC, man. It really is. It really is. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know. No, they got to do something because more and more of the talent is going over to Bellator, and it's and they're slowly but surely Bellator's roster is getting more and more and more depth. And uh, a UFC in time will have a problem on their hands if they don't get this figured out. So Valerie Letourneau is officially a Bellator fighter. I imagine you know she goes right in there and starts you know wrecking making a statement, you know, in a division. So uh, congratulations to Valerie. I'm sure she got the money and, and, and the things that she wanted that the UFC wasn't willing to her. So congratulations to her on that, and we'll see what happens. The UFC, I really think they should stop letting, you know, good talent leave the UFC and go to Bellator. I feel like because of their pride and because they don't want to pay people what they're worth. I really think that's something that needs to change. That's just my opinion, man. Just one man's opinion. Uh, Jimmy Manawa. Jimmy Manawa. Uh, been talking a little crazy. Talking a little bit crazy these last couple of weeks. Ever since he got that battery put in his back from that uh, uh him getting called out by Daniel Cormier. Uh, he says in a recent interview he's the Mike Tyson of the UFC and deserves the next title shot before Jones he believes Jones needs a tune-up fight and he should be the next fight for the title first of all um yeah he honestly may be right he may be right he may be the one that deserves the next shot over John Jones John Jones has been inactive Jimmy Manuel has been active he's coming off of two huge victories knockout victories and uh, you know maybe maybe he does deserved it but we don't care and as as just that's just the name who wants to see jimmy manuel versus daniel cormier over john jones versus daniel cormier next let me count on my hands see one two three carry the four seven fourteen carry the six divided by twelve nobody zero Nobody wants to see that fight over John Jones and Cormier. Get that fight out of here. I'm sorry, Jimmy Manuel. I apologize to you. I, I feel for you. I really do. I think you're a beast. Uh, for sure, get Mike Tyson stuff out of here. I mean, you got knocked out by the real Mike Tyson of the UFC and Anthony Johnson. You got knocked out cold. So let's not go there. You, <laughs> you knock out Ovin St. Peru and... Corey Anderson and you're the Mike Tyson of the division cut that out while Anthony Johnson is knocking you out and knocking Gustafson out the one who closest the closest person that came to beating the John Jones and knocks out Glover Teixeira and makes Glover Teixeira not even understand what is happening for the next hour <laughs> and uh, you talking about you the Mike Tyson of the division let's not go there man you got knocked out by the Mike Tyson of the division straight up 
And what is it with these fighters that are, are calling themselves other fighters of the division? No, man. How are you going to market yourself when you're calling yourself Mike Tyson? No. <laughs> Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Say, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I'm me. Market yourself. Make other people say, I'm the Jimmy Manoa of the division. Don't be saying I'm the Mike Tyson of the division because you automatically are playing yourself down to make yourself to make people try to compare yourself to somebody else. That's not marketable, man. That's not marketable at all. And you and you always cause controversy when you do that. Make people go like, man, shut up. What are you? What is this guy talking about? What is he talking about? <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And just my opinion. Stop doing that. Just be yourself. Build your name and make other fighters say, I'm the Jimmy Manuel of the division. That's the best way to go about it, man. In my opinion. Uh, But yeah, he's definitely not the Mike Tyson of the division. And he probably does deserve a title shot next, just judging by the by the landscape of the lightweight division, light heavyweight division. But at the end of the day, we don't care. We want John Jones or Daniel Cormier, and we want it now. So, Jimmy, hang on there for a second. And uh, fight like Glover Teixeira or something like that. Because we're not interested in that fight whatsoever right now. Um, Cody Garbrandt. And we're going to get into... I'm, I'm going to get into uh, the ultimate fighter in a second. But Cody Garbrandt, uh, in an interview with TMZ, I believe it was, said he wanted to fight Mighty Mouse at 125 after he beats TJ Dillashaw. Um, if he goes down to 125, it wants to, if if he wants to go 125 and fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, I am in love with that fight. Yes, please make it and please let it be next. Sorry, Dominic Cruz, you got a second. Like, please, please, Cody Garbrandt, go down to 125 and fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is a desperate need of a real opponent, a real name. Uh, let me let me take that back. That's too strong because the people he's fought are real opponents. He just makes them look like they're pathetic. But I'm I'm talking about in terms of a name that a lot of that, that is ringing bells. A name that is and and, and Carbrent. Let's not get it twisted. Is clearly the best opponent that Demetrius has what would ha, would ever face at 125 to this point. So please, please. If if he beats Dillashaw, please, Dana White, let him go down to 125 and fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Deej needs that. Garbrandt needs that. The UFC needs that. The fans need that. We all need that. And that's a tremendous fight. And we'll finally get to see Demetrius against a another monster at 125. He's faced other you know monsters at 135 before, but never at 125. At 125, he's ran through everyone. But what happens when he faces a champion, another champion that goes down to his weight class and fights him? What happens then? We will see. Uh, if that happens, we will see, and it will be a spectacle. And we'll finally be able to give the DJ a pay-per-view fight that he deserves. Because I think that'll that'll I think that'll 100% generate enough buzz to to uh, uh, uh to be able to make turn it into a pay-per-view 100 percent so 
I hope that happens. I really, really do. I hope that happens. I'd pick DJ in that fight 100%, but Cody Garbrandt has that one-hitter-quitter type of power, and um, anybody can be knocked out, you know, even though DJ is really challenging that theory. Because <laughs> anybody can get knocked out, but DJ. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see about that. Really excited about that, of the possibility of that fight. Um... I guess we'll just get right into it, man, with this uh, Ultimate Fighter. Have you guys watched the first episode of the Ultimate Fighter? It was a two-hour premiere of the new season, season 25 of the Ultimate Fighter. Did you guys see that? I want you guys to write in, leave comments in Facebook, Twitter, everything else. Let me know what you thought of it, but I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was absolutely, positively, 100% tremendous. I thought it was the best episode, ultimate beginning episode of Ultimate Fighter that I've seen in, in, in quite some time. The last Ultimate Fighter with the Tournament of Champions, it was pretty good. But just the format and the coaches and everything else that happened, it just... And all these fights have a big fight feel because they just feel like real UFC fights and not just guys who are, you know, trying to make it in the business. All these guys have made it in the business at one point in time. Some of them are currently in there. And it just has a much bigger fight feel when they fight. And it's awesome. I felt this way about fights in the Ultimate Fighter since the season with Matt Sarah and, and uh, those boys. It's... <laughs> It was a great episode, man. Cody Garbrandt and Dillashaw were going at it, and and Dillashaw got choked out with Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> and uh, the fight was awesome. Um, definitely had some controversy between the uh, the two fighters that were, that were there. I uh, can't remember the names of the fighters at the moment. Um, I don't know. I got to look that up because that's 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 pathetic. I had the names right here and I lost them. Had them right here in my hands. Then I lost them. Gotta look it up. Gotta look it up. Gotta look it up. This is not good podcasting. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Gilbert Smith. Gilbert Smith. Sorry, it's not a name you hear every day. Not like he's a super popular guy. But Gilbert Smith uh, fought Seth Bashinsky. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, they were really going at it in this episode. Uh, 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 Gilbert Smith didn't like the way that that uh, he got picked last but he got chose. He was one of the two last fighters to get picked, but he was the first fight chosen. He thought that was a sign of disrespect, you know. And, and he put a pin, pin, uh, put him against Cody Garbrandt's first pick and Seth Bashinsky. And uh, Gilbert saw that as a sign of disrespect and basically was just saying, you know, it, they they were in each uh, in uh, the blue locker room and he was telling like, you know, they they don't they don't messed up. They don't messed up. They don't pick the wrong one. They think I'm a pushover. Okay, we'll see what happens. He said, I beat people better than that guy. 
I, people that he's that he lost to that I beat. I beat people better than him. And little did he know that Seth Bashinsky was in the other locker room, which they have paper thin wall between the two locker rooms. And <laughs> they he heard him and he came in the room. He said, You talking all this mess, homie? What's up? And he said, I want to talk about you, but matter of fact, get up out my locker room. And they just going back and forth, back and forth. It was amazing. They 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 wanted to scrap right there. And then uh so Seth later on he's in the in the in the uh practice facility practicing and, and Smith comes back out and says, Hey man, I just wanna let you know I wasn't talking about you specifically, da 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 and he said, Don't be coming back and apologize to me, homie. Da 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 and they get each other's face and then Smith, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? And then, and then Cody Garbrandt pushes him back, says, It's our practice, bro, get up out of here and he said, T get your team, what you doing? And so while they're waiting for the weigh in, they get into it. Uh, Dillashaw and, and Garbrandt talking mess. Garbrandt delay. As soon as they got each other's face, he said he got in my bubble and I gripped him up and yoked him up by his neck. Dillashaw didn't like that too much. It turned to a little bit of a melee. But uh, at the end of the day, that, that's all that happened. Uh, the, so the fight ha- went down and uh, Cody Garbrandt really, really did underestimate. <laughs> he really did underestimate uh, Gilbert Smith. Gilbert Smith had a whole lot of heart, man, and uh, he he uh, took that first round, got a good takedown, took him to the ground, landed some good ground and pound. Second round, did a lot of the same. At the end, uh, towards the end of the round, he's on top, and you, you can tell Gilbert Smith is just so gassed out and tired, but he doesn't care. He pushes through, and he's just throwing punch, hammer fists. Or not. He don't even know if they're landing or not. He's just throwing them, and you can hear him. Through the microphone that's in Octagon, to hear him saying, hard work, hard work, hard work. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Hard work, hard work. And that, as he was doing that, man, it just the, the, the blood, my blood just started rising, man. I, I, just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I became a fan of Rich Smith right then and there. I don't care what anybody else says or has anything to say about him. At the end of the day, right then, right there, that is heart. You can't teach heart. And I love guys like that. I don't care how much trash they talk. I don't care how much, uh, uh, you know, how people feel about them outside of the octagon. In that cage, he showed nothing but heart. And I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for that. And I became a fan of Gilbert Smith that night. So I hope he does well in this tournament. I really do. Congratulations to him. I feel bad for Seth Bichinski because, you know, he had a really um, sad story. of how because he, he, was, he was really good in the UFC and then fell on some hard times. His sister got shot and killed. And, uh it uh, drug him down, and he ended up losing some fights in the UFC, getting cut. And then this, this was a second chance, you know. And you know he got beaten. I feel for him, but that's the fight business. I'm sure he'll come back stronger, and uh, he'll still be there for the rest of the camp, for the rest of the show, to be able to learn and, and train and do better. We'll see what happens. You know, you never know. But all in all, I absolutely love the Ultimate Fighter. It was amazing. And I cannot wait for the next episode on Wednesday. Because <laughs> from looking from the previews, it only gets better from there. So, looking forward to that, man. Well, that wraps up the word around town. And we will transition right into the MMA breakdown. Time for Jason and Tim to break down what went down on recent MMA fight cars. It's time for the MMA breakdown. MMA breakdown. On the MMA Fight Game Podcast. 
Okay, man, we have one fight guard, one fight card to go through and two main events. One main event is from Bellator 178, and the other uh, main event, of course, is from UFC Fight Night 108 in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I think we'll just go with the main event from Bellator 178 first, and that was Patricio Pitbull versus Daniel Strauss. This is their fourth time meeting each other in the octagon. They've had, I mean, just so many wars in the octagon. They know each other so well. I feel like they're just a part of each other's lives forever. <laughs> and uh, from what from, you know, from from the sound of it, how Bellator was, you know, uh, uh, how the now the play by play guy was sounding, it sounded like Bellator was going to see to it that this was the last time that they met, win, lose, or draw, whatever, whoever won. So this was it for them too, and uh, Daniel the bell rings or you know the fight starts and Daniel Strauss is the aggressor. Uh, he's the aggressor. He 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 tries to push the pace. Patricio Pitbull, unlike other fights, uh, who are super aggressive and kind of out of control. This time he seemed to be in very, very, very good control of himself and very calculated and technical. And it's the moment you saw that, it just looked like uh, this This looks like it's going to be Pitbull's night. In my opinion, that's what it looked like. And, uh, uh, he, you know, he sat back and waited on the counter, was throwing beautiful counter strikes, beautiful counter punches and beautiful counter kicks. And uh, Strauss didn't really seem to know what to do. You know, with those, to be honest, uh, he, he uh, several times in the first round, he tried to take down Pitbull. Pitbull had just absolutely amazing takedown defense. Uh, didn't let it happen. Was landing, like I said, landing some counter punches and counter kicks, and that's really was the name of the game for the first round. I gave the first round to Patric- Patricio Pitbull, ten nine. Second round comes out. It's a lot of the same. Daniel Strauss uh, pressing the fight. Pitbull being smart, throwing good counter punches, counter kicks. Uh, Strauss still going for takedowns unsuccessfully, and then he uh, gets the clinch, and, and uh, I think he has the over overhook, and uh, he has his hands latched together, and he tries to go for a uh, you know leg trip clinch takedown. And it was unsuccessful and successful. He, he, and you can't have your head low around Patricio Pitbull. Patricio Pitbull puts his arms around the neck to uh, get the, the, uh, the guillotine. Uh, Strauss puts his hands on Pitbull's hips to try to prevent uh, Pitbull from pulling guard. Because if he pulled guard, it was all she wrote. Strauss tried his best, but the very moment he let took his hand off of Pitbull's shoulders, I mean off of Pitbull's hips, Pitbull pulls guard, sinks in the uh, the uh, guillotine choke. It's very tight, very deep. No way Strauss was getting out of there. He taps, and we have a new Bellator featherweight champion of the world once again, Patricio Pitbull, who wins in front of his little boy, who was in the in the stands. With Pitbull's woman, he said his dream was to win the belt and be able to hand the belt to his little boy. 
But it's funny because his little boy is just a little bit uh, too small to be, you know, hold the belt. <laughs> it looks like about one years old, maybe less than that. Uh, but it was awesome to be, for him to be able to win in front of his son. His son, um, it gets carried into the octagon. And, uh, and it was just, it was just really, it was really awesome, man. It was really awesome. I feel for Daniel Strauss. He was game. Um, but from, from the opening tap, you could just tell that it was going to be Patricio's night. That was just my opinion. I feel like he, he, he had the smarter game plan. Strauss didn't really know how to counter the game plan. And, um, it worked. I mean, it was definitive. It was definitive for Pitbull. You know, no controversy, no decisions. Didn't leave it to the judges. Game over. Uh, pulls guard, guillotine choke, taps. That's all she wrote. Congratulations to Patricio Pitbull, your new Bellator featherweight champion of the world. And we will move on now and transition to the FS1 card slash FS2 card. Uh, for UFC Fight Night 101 Nashville, Tennessee, main evented by Artem Lobov and Cub Swanson. This card was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I was really, really, really intrigued by this card for the begin with because I saw how how many good fights there were, especially if you're a hardcore UFC fan. If you're a car, far core, excuse me, jeez. If you're a hardcore MMA fan, a UFC fan, you will really appreciate this, these matchups on this card. And it, it was tremendous, man. And uh, a lot of good prelim fights to to uh, mention. Uh, Matt Schnell and uh, Hector Sandoval was one of them. Uh, Schnell came out pretty aggressive, but Hector and Sandoval just to be seemed to be a little bit quicker with the hands. Uh, Gets the uh, TKO KO victory over Matt Schnell. It was it was it was that was a really really ugly knockout. Um, matter of fact, I believe this is the <laughs> I don't I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. No matter of fact, now nah, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. I'm not gonna break it out for this fight. We're gonna wait till a little bit later in the car. I'm not gonna break it out. You'll see what I mean in a minute. I was going to. I wanted to, but I'm not going to do it for this fight. I don't believe Matt Schnell will be inducted. You'll know what that means later. <laughs> but uh, impressive victory for Hector Sandoval. Uh, like, Not sure what's next for him, but uh, I, I didn't have him winning that fight. And he won in devastating fashion. So uh, congratulations to that guy. Uh, Barbarina had a, a great victory against Joe Proctor. That was uh, a fantastic fight. Barbarina is the real deal. He is definitely not a a, a fluke. He's the real deal. One hundred percent. Alexis Davis versus uh. Cindy Dandoyce, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Alexis Davis gets the win by decision. Congratulations to her. Uh, a very spectacular fight between Capene and Danielle Taylor. Uh, Danielle Taylor is the real deal. She's got 
good movement, heavy hands, and, and she's fast. Uh, she had a tall task against Jessica Penne. It was her first fight uh, against a, a ranked opponent. Jessica Penne is much taller than she is. Uh, was utilizing her reach and, and, and throwing kicks and stuff like that against Daniel Taylor. But Daniel Taylor just really was really good at just judging distance for the most part. She she was uh, darting in and out and throwing you know great combinations. It was catching Jessica Penne and was catching her kicks and throwing you know nice punches off the kicks and pulled out the unanimous decision victory over Jessica Penne. Uh, Daniel Taylor's the real deal. I think uh, against the shorter shorter opponents in the division, I think she will maul a lot of them. I think the only reason why it was even a fight is because Jessica Penne was just really, really, really tall. It was hard to get within, you know, it was hard to judge distance, but she still did a great job considering. So congratulations to Danielle Taylor. Uh, Brandon Moreno, uh, beginning to more and more be a fan favorite in the UFC against Dustin Ortiz. Dustin Ortiz, the hometown kid, he... uh, Uh, he 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 was winning the fight. He was winning the fight. I mean, he was taking Moreno down at will on the ground in the first round. He was he was definitely won the first round. Second round, he was winning it. Um, Brandon Moreno had a really tough time keeping him from being being able to take keeping Dustin from taking him to the ground. But they got back to the feet in the second round and excuse me in the in the third round. Uh. uh they got back to the feet, and Brandon Marino. No, I believe it's the second round, and Brandon Marino just lands a just a vicious head kick, and just Dustin Ortiz just fell face flat into the ground, and uh, I feel like the ground woke him up because he hit the ground so hard with his head he fell flat on his face, and Marino just charged in, and uh, was going for submissions. Um, Dustin Ortiz fought him off well for a little while. Did a little more ground and pound to loosen him up. Flattens the back. Gets the uh, choke in. Dustin Ortiz was not going to tap. He, he was going to sleep. He was halfway asleep, and the ref stopped, graciously stops the fight. Brandon Moreno, ladies and gentlemen, is the real deal. He has not lost in the octagon. He's 3-0. and His last loss was an exhibition on the Ultimate Fighter, which does not count as a professional win or loss. So, officially in the UFC, he's 3-0, and and uh, just finished my submission at number nine guy in the division and will in all likelihood move up and have face stiffer competition. I think this guy is the real deal. And in the octagon, he promised us, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not a month from now, but I promise you guys, I will be a, a heavy, a world champion. And I agree with that. I think one day he will. As soon as Demetrius Johnson leaves, as soon as Demetrius Johnson retires, he's all in there. Because as long as Demetrius Johnson is there, he has no chance. <laughs> so the moment Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson moves to 135 or, you know, or retires, Brandon Moreno is all over that championship. <laughs> but until then, sorry about that, uh, Brandon. It's just not going to happen for you. Uh, the main event of the prelims was Talos Latez versus Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey came in there into the fight with an ankle injury. He was very visible, kept him from being having much movement whatsoever. Even though Sam Alvey's not really like, you know, light on his feet regardless, but he really couldn't move much. And then early, very early, he gets hit with a vicious leg kick by Talos Latez, followed by like a million more. And just had his whole leg swollen up and he couldn't really move. 
And that was really the name of the game. You know, Sam Alvey couldn't, Sam Alvey couldn't move. And when he couldn't move, Talos Latez was taking advantage of it every round. And uh, he wins my unanimous decision, 30-27 by all three judges. Have him win him all three rounds, 10-9. That was the way my card was as well. I felt bad for Sam Alvey. I would like to see a re- them have a rematch with Sam Alvey 100% healthy. But no excuses in this cage. You're getting the cage. Uh, we're going to consider you 100% healthy. You, you know, if you can't do what you do, then don't get in the cage. You know, this was Sam Alvey's sixth, month, sixth fight in a, in a 12, 12 month calendar year. And he plans on having a seventh before the 12 month, ca- 12 month calendar year ends. So that's ridiculous, which will be the record. Right now, right now he's tied with Cowboy Donald Cerrone, which is not a surprise <laughs> that Cowboy Donald Cerrone had the record. <laughs> So congratulations to Talos Latez. I would like to see, as far as what's next for him, I almost honestly would like to see him and Alvy have a rematch. Uh, that's what I want. So we move on to the main card that started off with Jake the Juggernaut Ellenberger versus Platinum Mike Perry. Boy, 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 boy. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you've waited for a long time, and it has been a while. It is finally here. And we give it to you, our first inductee into the Merc Alert Hall of Pain, Mike Perry. Welcome, welcome to the Hall of Pain, Mark uh, Mike Perry. Uh, excuse me, I messed that up. I messed that whole thing up. Back up, back up. We're going to start it all over again. It's Jake Ellenberger. Jake Ellenberger is the one that got knocked out. <laughs> Man, I messed it up. The first Merc alert with the new sounder, and I messed it all up. Strike that from the tape. <laughs> Jake Ellenberger. So let me start over and say like this. Our new and first inductee into the new sounder, Merc alert Hall of Pain, Jake Ellenberger. Play that sound for me right now. officially been inducted into the Merkelert Hall of Pain. Congratulations, Jake Ellenberger. Sorry, Mike Perry, I almost accidentally inducted you into the Hall of Pain. <laughs> and you were not the one that got knocked out. Congratulations to Jake Ellenberger. You have officially inducted into our Merkelert Hall of Pain. Uh, welcome. You will have... You will very soon, later on this card, have, not be alone. You will have company to join you. <laughs> uh, Jake Ellenberger looked good in the first round, man. He looked good in the first round, to be honest. Uh, Mike Perry, you know, he tends to come out slow in fights. That's just kind of him. He he comes out a little slow. He came out a little flat-footed. Uh, Jake Ellenberger looked good. Took Took down Mike Perry very early in the fight. Mike Perry gets right back up. Uh... Allenberger's landing some great shots. Mike Perry's not really answering them. I gave the first round clearly to Jake Allenberger. Second round comes around. Mike Perry seems to be starting to find himself a little bit, but still Jake Allenberger seems to be getting the better of him with the striking. Um, They clinch up and off the clinch. No, no. Uh, they clinch up and and uh, they, they, they let go and, and Mike Perry throws just a bomb. 
and hits Jake Ellenberger and he drops him and uh he gets back up. Mike Perry has him, you know, they they they're he's trying to land some good shots to clinch up, not the clinch. Mike Perry lands just the most vicious elbow you will see out of a clinch you've ever seen. Just a, one of the most vicious tight elbows. Boom, and, and Jake Ellenberger falls flat on his face, starched, straight murked, and that's why we gave him the Merc Alert sounder today. He just got flatlined by Mike Perry. <laughs> flatlined. And uh, I was looking on Twitter, and a lot of people said, hey, man, is Ellenberger alive? Did he die right there? Like <laughs> He didn't move for a real long time. Like It took a really long time for him to move again. Like Ellenberger, I, I, ah man, I don't know about the guy, man. He don't have a chin anymore. He doesn't have a chin anymore, and and these are just gonna shorten his life if he keeps on taking these brutal knockouts. But at the end of the day, congratulations to Mike Perry on his victory. He's a beast. He's a monster, and um, honestly, I would like to see him get a rematch with Joe Ban. Be honest with you, I like I like to see him get that one back, but I'm sure he won't. Uh, be doing that after he beat he beat a number thirteen ranked guy. I think sure he's gonna want ranked guys because Joe Bandis lost to um, I believe it was Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, he lost to him badly, so I doubt he's ranked. So I I think this win over Jake Ellenberger might you know put Mike Perry in the top fifteen. So if he is in the top fifteen, I'm sure he will want to face somebody ranked. Congratulations to Platinum Mike Perry. He's a monster, and I can't wait to see what's next for him in the division. Uh, next up, Joe Lozon versus Stevie Ray. I, I had this differently than the judges had it. I had this uh, fight going 2-1 to one, Joe Lozon. I thought he won the first the first round, of course, and the second round, 10-9. And I thought... Stevie Ray won the third round, 10-9. First round, Joe Lozon just mauled Stevie Ray in every way. He mauled him on the feet. He took him down to the ground, tried some submissions. uh, uh, They didn't work. He transitions to the full mount, just lands some brutal elbows and ground and pound on Stevie Ray, just beats the mess out of him. And that's how that round ends. And uh, I gave that a clear 10-8 to Joe Lozon. Second round, I... Uh, I gave the slight edge to Joe Lozon, though you could see him clearly slowing down. Stevie Ray didn't really take advantage of it. In the third round, I gave clearly to Stevie Ray, even though I don't believe it was a 10-8, I believe it was a 10-9. Two judges gave that third round a 10-8 to Stevie Ray. I think that's just utterly preposterous and utterly ridiculous and utterly insane. I don't understand how that happened. And uh, them judges really need to get... I'm so tired of of having to talk about the judges messing things up. I'm so tired of it. But I feel like it's just something we're going to have to deal with for the rest of our lives because they're just not going to get it right and they're just going to be terrible. So uh, they really messed that one up. But I gave the fight to Joe Lozon 2-1. to one. Uh, But that's not how the judges saw it. And they gave Stevie Ray a clear victory, which I don't agree with whatsoever. But regardless, congratulations to Stevie Ray on his victory and we will move on to John Dotson versus Eddie Wyland. Uh easy way to describe this fight in one word, speed. John Dotson just playing out simple, too fast, 
for Eddie Wineland. Eddie Wineland had nothing for the man. Nothing for his speed. First round, second round, or third round. That was it. The fight, all in all, you know, it wasn't that exciting. Uh, the fans were booing, which is what I hate. Because they it's not like they were tr- not trying to do anything. They were trying. Eddie Wineland was trying, but every time he threw anything, it was way too slow, and Dotson would catch him. You know, it made, made, it made him timid. And John Dotson, knowing that Eddie Wineland is a bigger man, you know, was was watching out for his power. They were, they were being smart fighters. They were fighting smart. And the fans were booing. And I just I think it's so stupid. But uh, at the end of the day, John Dotson, one of the fastest fighters I've ever seen that's not Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. And he put it on display. You know, he lived up to his nickname in that fight, The Magician, against Eddie Wyland. Eddie Wyland had nothing for John Dotson. Couldn't land anything. Couldn't land anything. I think at one point he was like five of like forty something for for uh, uh, strikes, at like landing at like twelve percent or something crazy like that. He 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 uh, uh all in all he landed twenty one strikes out of a hundred and thirty eight thrown. He landed a hundred at a total stri- he, he threw total strikes he threw was one hundred thirty eight. He only landed twenty one for three rounds. That's 15%. That is t- 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 terrible. John Dotson made him miss virtually every single time he threw a punch. So, uh, clear victory, unanimous decision by John Dotson. Congratulations to him. Um, I can't wait to see what he has to offer in his top five division. I thought he won that fight against John Lineker. I thought he got hosed. So, in my book, he's, you know, 3-0 and at the, at the uh, bantamweight division since moving up. And I'd like to see him fight somebody in the top five and uh, see how that goes. I think that'll be definitely be interesting to see. Um, next up was Ovince St. Peru versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. De Lima once again misses weight, which is pretty frustrating when you look at the guy because he's a big guy, but he has a lot of belly. You know, you could tell easily that he could cut, he could, you know, maintain his diet a little bit better. He can make 205 fairly easily. He's a very big man, though. But uh, I don't don't think he's very disciplined with his diet. Uh, Ovin St. Peru looked the best he's ever looked just, you know, by looking at his body. He came in, uh, he woke up on weight near the weigh-ins. So he came in extremely lean. Um... Marcos de Lima was landing some brutal leg kicks in the first round. It was um it looked like Ovince might take a little loss almost, you know. He didn't look like he knew what to do with those. He was getting bullied and, and pushed around with those leg kicks by De Lima in the first round. The second round came. It was a lot of the same, but uh De Lima seemed to get a little bit winded and he threw a lazy kick. And when he threw it, Ovince caught it and Ovince is very strong. And he pushed forward and, and, and held that leg up and pushed forward and, and got the takedown, got on top of him. And it was, that was all over Vince there. Um, got him in the Van Flew choke, which is a very hard choke to to uh, to cinch. And he has two of them. And he gets this one in and sinks it. And De Lima taps. Game over. Ovin St. Peru, the only person in UFC history to land two Van Vlu chokes in the octagon. Uh, very impressive. Very good to see St. Peru get back in the win column. He, he's been a little bit uh, 
a little bit uh, in the dumps these last couple fights, but glad to see him make a comeback. Uh, we definitely need, you know, contenders in the light heavyweight division, so we definitely can't have none falling off to the wayside. Glad to see him get the victory, and um, not sure what's next for him. Maybe Shogun. I'm, I'm guessing Shogun. That'd probably be a good fight for him. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what's next for the guy, but congratulations to him on another on a victory, getting himself back into the win column. That leads us to our co-main event of the evening. And this fight in general just hurts my heart, man. It just hurts. If you're a, if you're a real lifelong fan of the UFC and MMA, this one really hurts your heart. <laughs> uh, and also it hurts my heart because I didn't want to have to do this to one of my favorite fighters of all time. But Diego Sanchez, you are officially the new inductee into the Merkel Alert Hall of Pain. Go ahead and play that for me, man. This is a Merc Alert. Merc Alert. Which means a fighter has been knocked out cold and has officially been inducted into the Merc Alert Hall of Pain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Diego Sanchez. I'm sorry. Had to be done. Um, you got flat out murked. Ally Quinto versus Diego Sanchez. I had a bad feeling about yeah, uh, Diego Sanchez against Ally Quinta. Even though Ally Quinta was coming off of a two-plus uh, year layoff, I still think Diego. And that was not a Ally Quinta was just a horrible matchup for Diego. He hits really hard and he's a brawler. And Diego Sanchez at this point in time, his chin is is like paper. It's like it's like, it's like sugar glass. <laughs> and um, Al off the clinch, this lands a bomb. Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez looked pretty good before that. He looked pretty good. You know, his movement was good. He looked a little more fluent than he usually does. But, I mean, Al just waited on that punch. Boom! He landed it. And uh, Diego dropped and got back up. And he had that warrior spirit and was just fi- trying to fight back. And Aquinta lands another one. Bang! And when he landed that one, Diego Sanchez dropped like he got shot in the back of the head by a sniper. <laughs> Like <laughs> he fell so hard, and, and uh, that was all she wrote. Ally Quinta just comes back and just ravages Diego Sanchez. I feel so bad for him. I feel bad that I had to put him in the Mercury Hall of Pain, but it is what it is. There, uh, we do not discriminate. Uh, when we feel you have been utterly destroyed by someone. Uh, just completely murked. We will, you will be inducted to the Merc Alert Hall of Pain uh, if the committee deems it necessary. <laughs> so, uh, congratulations to Ally uh, and uh, Diego Sanchez. Welcome to the Hall of Pain. Uh, you and are not alone. You are also with Jake Ellenberger. You and Ellenberger, the first inductees into the new, the new revamped. Merc Alert Hall of Pain. Ally Quinta, congratulations on the victory. He really didn't have a lot of things to say about the UFC post-fight. He uh, basically, you know, but all the fans already know, saying the Reebok deal is garbage and the UFC doesn't pay you what what you're worth and all this stuff. And then he leaves a Twitter, uh, a Twitter post saying, F the UFC. Uh, so I'm guessing we won't see 
I like Quinta in the UFC after this fight. I'm guessing they'll, they'll release him or he'll ask for a release or they won't re-up on his contract or we'll probably see him in Bellator somewhere. Because uh, he's saying some really, really rough stuff to the UFC. So, any relations on that fight? Ally Quinta on the victory. Got to feel for Diego Sanchez. I'm hoping... He's winding up his career because I can't really see him take much punishment like that. I, I, he's too tough, and it's going to end up, you know, he's going to end up with CTE or something like that. And it's, we, we don't want to see Diego like that, do we? I just hope, really hope that Diego Sanchez retires and calls it a career and becomes a trainer, a part of a camp, training other fighters because he, he will be magnificent at that. And I'm sure the UFC will give him a job as many great fight of the nights as he gave the UFC. He deserves so as much, 100%. So uh, we'll move on to the main event of the evening. Cub Swanson versus Artem Lobov. Basically, everyone on planet Earth, fighters, fans, everyone, Vegas, everyone thought that Artem Lobov was going to get absolutely embarrassed in this fight. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that that did not happen whatsoever. The first round came. Cub Swanson comes out. Artem comes out. Artem looks crisp. He's throwing great strikes. He gets a, a really good knee tap takedown and, and gets a strong takedown against Cub Swanson, which is something that Cub even admitted was not expecting. Uh, Artem improves every single fight, man. He learns something new, and, and, and he looks better and better. Uh, he looks absolutely nothing like the man that fought at the Ultimate Fighter. He looks night and day different. And... Uh, he showed it in the first round. Uh, in my opinion, clearly won the first round. Landed significant strikes. Got the knee tap takedown. And, uh, yeah, I gave the first round to him 10-9. Second round, Cub Swanson uh, comes out a little more aggressive. Starts landing dynamic striking. Good opening up, finding his range. He looked great. Third round, uh, I gave down to Cub. Third round, I gave the Cub. He just seems to be get, seemed to be getting stronger and stronger, and, and uh, almost got some submissions. And uh, but Artem again impressed me with the with the, uh, the submission defense. You have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Hall is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, one of the highest touted American Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu belts in the world. And he had Artem's back for almost an entire round, and he could not submit Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov is very is very good at maybe not good offensively, but he's very good defense, defensively on the ground. And boy, oh boy, can that man take a punch? He can take a punch. He so many people would have been knocked out in that fight from the punches he took, but and the kicks, especially that shin to the top of the head. He ate him for breakfast. He's one of the toughest dudes. I can see why he's Connor's sparring partner because he can take any abuse you throw him. <laughs> he's really good at absorbing blows. Um. But Cub in the second and third round just dominated. The fourth round, I thought Cub started to get tired and slowed down. And it was really iffy that round. Uh, Cub was landing more volume. Artem was landing more significant strikes. Uh, I tend to, if one's not very, you know, demonstrative than the other, I tend to give the round to the person with the more significant strikes. So I gave that round by the slimmest of margins. I gave it to Artem. So I had it two and two to two going to the fifth. A lot of people, more people than not had it going three to one going into fifth, but I had it two to two. It's just my opinion. In the fifth round, 
came. Uh, Artem gave it his all, but he had nothing left in the tank. And uh, Cub Swanson didn't really have much left in the tank either, but he's just been in so many of these wars, he knows what to do. And uh, definitely, definitively, man, I can't talk right now. Definitively won the fifth round and uh, took the fight in that round, in my opinion. A lot of people had a 4-1. I had a 3-2. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, Cub Swanson gets the victory. Uh, no controversy to that fight. Cub Swanson definitely the victor. But Artem Lobov showed the world that he definitely was was worthy of that fight. He didn't get embarrassed. He didn't get punked. He didn't get knocked out. He didn't get completely outclassed. It was none of that. Artem just, it wasn't his night that night. Cub Swanson won the fight decisively. But that's what happens whenever, you know, in a fight, you know, <laughs> Somebody wins and somebody loses. It was just a regular win for Cub Swanson. It was not no dominant beatdown of a victory over Artem Lobov. So all of you guys have really been talking a lot of smack on Artem, which deservedly so. Artem ran his mouth to get this fight. How else was he going to get this fight? It wasn't going to happen any other way. So can you blame him? You shouldn't. Um, whether you cheer for him or, or not, you, sh- you shouldn't be blaming him for, you know, talking his way to a fight. You know, a fighter, that could be annoying. See how that's annoying. But at the end of the day, how else is he going to get good fights? He He's not a young cat. You know what I mean? He can't be just wasting his time fighting nobody. He's got to try to test the waters out in top 15, see what happens. I think with this win, he bought himself at least three to four more fights in the UFC. Maybe not against 10, top 15 opponents. Who knows? I think they maybe, maybe have to test himself a little bit with unranked opponents again. He uh, For this fight, off of a uh, very impressive victory over Ishihara. A lot of people like to downplay Ishihara. Ishihara is a very good featherweight prospect. I think you guys will find that out. In the day, in the uh, months to come, the Ishihara is a very good fighter. Um, but uh, congratulations to Cub Swanson. Um, big ups to Artem Lobov. He definitely showed himself out that night. Become Swanson was the better man, and I would like to see him get a shot next against the winner of Max Holloway and uh, Jose Aldo. I hope Max Holloway wins the fight against Jose Aldo because he'll want he, you know he won't wait a year to fight Cub Swanson, but if Aldo wins, who knows if he even fights for the next year or something like that? Who knows, man? Aldo, no one knows what Aldo's doing anymore. No one really does. It doesn't make any sense. Uh. Um, it, it's I, I don't know what to say about Jose Aldo man I I really used to like Jose Aldo that's crazy right he was supposed to be one of my favorites but just his attitude nowadays man his attitude nowadays is just not something that I'm with man I'm not with it I'm really not I, I I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> so hopefully hopefully Cub Swanson. Hopefully Cub Swanson gets the uh uh chance to fight the for the championship belt sooner than later. I much rather see um, uh, him get a chance to fight for the belt before it gets too old. You know, 
I don't want to wait till he gets too old and, and, and gets his chance and he's not good enough, you know. So congratulations once again to Cub Swanson. Big ups to Artem Lobov on being game for this fight. Um, and we'll move on. So let's move on to the last segment of the uh, episode of the MMA Fight Game, which is fan questions. Here we go. We're going to look through the Facebook page and see who has any questions or comments. Um, look down here. Look down here. I see Tony Aguirre. Uh, I'm not sure if, that's how, if I said it right. I apologize. Tony Aguirre asks... What are your thoughts on Diego Sanchez's future in the sport? Should he now, or should he know when to walk away? That's a great question. I think I answered a little bit earlier, but uh, I'd have to say, I, I, in my opinion, I believe 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, that Diego San- Sanchez should retire from the sport of MMA. He took more damage, possibly, than anybody else in the in the welterweight, lightweight, featherweight division. I don't know who else has taken more damage. He He's just, he has, his chin is made out of sand. It's made out of glass, sugar glass. It's, made, it's just, he has nothing left. And it's just going to shorten his lifespan. I don't want to see, you know, just because he loves to fight and he has pride, him end up dying at 50 or something like that because he just keeps, or or, or has brain damage or, or has CTE because he just won't stop fighting. I don't want to see that for him. I, I believe he should walk away from the sport after this fight, even though I'm almost positive he will not. I wish he would. Uh, Vernon Hampton, he, uh, first of all, shout out to him. He uh, meet up with the Bantamweight contender Liz Carmouche. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool for him. And he asks, does the Bell, uh, the Bellator featherweight division, do you think they do enough to promote their title bouts? I do not. I don't think they do at all. I don't think many people outside of really, really hardcore Bell- Bellator, uh, Bellator fans, uh, really hardcore MMA fans, and even know that, that a featherweight division exists in Bellator. I really don't. I think they got... The UFC uh, and Bellator need to do better, but the featherweight division. I think uh, UFC is working on it with with uh, Chris Cyborg. But as far as Bellator knows, how many people know you know that aren't hardcore, hard, 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 hardcore fan, fan, Bellator fans know about that the featherweight division for females even exists, uh, or or for males? I think I think I think he's even talking about males right now. As far as the males go, I th- I don't think they they. I don't think they they uh uh promote the division well. I think they promote the top guys well. I think they promote Strauss and Pitbull well. I think that's about it. They don't really they don't really talk about anybody else, promote anybody else the same. You know, when you think featherweight division in Bellator, you think of Pitbull and Strauss, and that is it. You know, may, uh, you, know yeah, you don't really think about anybody else. Maybe Curran. But Curran's old, new, old news now. You know, you don't, you don't you don't really think about anybody. They re- that's really all, and and they don't do a you know extraordinary job promoting them. So, 
I, I to answer your question, Fernand, I think they should do more. I think they should do more to promote. To be honest, that's my opinion. Uh, who we got next here? Um, okay, Vinny Petrullo. He asked. Uh, should the UFC keep giving Brandon Moreno, Moreno higher-ranked opponents within the top 10 or build him up with a lower-ranked guy for his next couple fights? He is a guy to watch out for in the UFC flyweight division. I agree 100%. Uh, I do believe that, without a shadow of a doubt, that uh, Brandon Moreno should fight somebody uh, in the top 8, the top 5 next. 100% I don't think he needs has any more time to waste he's been every time the UFC has thrown something at him and, and his, since he's uh, entered the octagon as and in, 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 uh, not in exhibition fights and in, in ultimate fighter in the real fights ever since then everything that the UFC has thrown at him he's passed with flying colors man he's the real deal and I don't think you waste any any time on him <clears throat> fighting uh, uh, lower ranked guys I don't. I don't think he should face a number one ranked guy, number two ranked guy. I think he should face a number seven ranked guy, number six ranked guy, possibly even a number fifth ranked guy. But I don't think any anything higher than that. <clears throat> I think he's young. I think you don't need to you know feed him to the wolves necessarily. But the flyweight division, though it's pretty deep, uh, it's not. You know they're not killers. You know you're not going to get destroyed by people. You know I think Moreno should definitely test his skills out against number seven, six. Number uh, eighth, seventh, sixth, or fifth ranked guy in the division, and see what what happens. That, that's what I think. A good question though, Vinny. Appreciate the question. Uh, next question comes from Jimmy Telfar Flynn. Uh, he says, with Ellenberger winning only two of his last nine fights with a couple of bad T, uh, KO TKOs. Uh, they put in parentheses. His chin is gone. <laughs> I agree with that. Do you think he's a spent force against the upper tier of the welterweights at this point? I do, without a shadow of a doubt. I think he could be a gatekeeper at the top team, you know, or, or be used for for up and comers to try to to make a name off of, you know, a stepping stone thereof. But I'm not sure if he wants to be a stepping stone or not. But I think that's all he's good for. I think his days of being in the top 15 and being a contender for the belt are long gone. I think he has a even a prayer to ever get there again. He may be able to crack the top 15 every once in a while, but that is as far as he will go. Jake Ellenberger's chin is made of absolute the weakest glass you could think of and uh in 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 the welterweight division, you can't have that. You can't have that. So uh there's a lot of hard hitters in the welterweight division. A lot of hard kickers in the welterweight division. To have a chin made of glass in that division is is literally the worst thing you can have. So I think Jellenberger, his days in the top 15 are over. And, uh, yeah, that, man, that's that. What do we have here next? Uh, Vernon Hampton. Vernon Hampton, another question from Vernon. He asked, I Quintus shameless self-promotion as a real estate agent. Smart or smug? Absolutely smug. Um, it's it's definitely not smart if he does want to be in the UFC, but if he does not care less if he's going to be the UFC or not, then, you know, whatever. But, but 
I believe uh, I'm I'm not sure Ayo Quinta wants to be in the UFC anymore to be honest with you I I really don't think he wants to be in the UFC I think uh, he doesn't like the Reebok deal as I said earlier I think he doesn't like how the UFC does business and underpays fighters I think he doesn't like that so uh, that being said I think he said what he said because he, he, he wants to be out the door anyway that that's of my opinion. We'll see in the coming in the coming uh in the coming months and see what happens with him or whatever. You know, like I said, he he said after UFC on in a Twitter post later that this this morning or or last night or whatever. So who knows, man? Who knows? A uh, good question from Vernon. Uh, Evan J. Mowry says, "Please talk about Brandon Marino. The guy is a killer at 23 years old." 11 fight win streak in MMA, 8 out of 11 are finishes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, ta- I talked to Brandon Moreno at length earlier. He's a, he's a beast, man. He's an absolute beast, 100%. And I believe he should fight an 8th, 7th, 6th, or 5th guy next in the division. I think he could be somewhat, someday be a champion as long as Demetrius Mountie is no longer champion. Because I don't think it's nothing against Brandon Moreno. It's just nobody in that 125-pound division has anything for Demetrius Mountie Johnson right now. Demetrius Mouse Johnson is the GOAT. He's currently the greatest in the world. Nobody can touch this guy. Nobody at 125 pounds. We'll see if Garbrandt goes to 125, what he can do. But as of right now, no one has even been able to remotely hold a candle to this man. He has done things that no one else, that you've never seen done in the octagon before and maybe never be able to see it again. So it's nothing against Brandon Moreno. I just think Demetrius Johnson is on a whole other level than anybody who weighs in and and, it, and steps into the octagon at 125 pounds and that is it man that is it uh thanks for the comment evan uh any other questions here okay we have emery i'm gonna butcher your name brother i'm sorry about that emery Kaharman. he asks should Artem Lobov be cut from the UFC? His record of 13 and 13 isn't really helping him. Just his friendship with Connor. I think that uh, you, you're you're underestimated. I think you're, you're not giving enough credit to Artem Lobov. He had a great fight last night. Yeah, his record is 13 and 13, but he got a lot of those fights earlier earlier in his career. He, If you guys, instead of just looking at the record, actually look up the story of Artem Lobov, to be honest. Look up the story of Artem Lobov, really. Look it up. The man from the very beginning, his first pro fight was against one of the top-ranked European fighters in the world. He never took warm-up fights. He never took tune-up fights. He never took anybody on his level. He all fought the toughest guys from his number one fight until his fight now. He's he's fought tough guys. And so when you do that, it, it, you're prone. You know, think about think about if Connor's McGregor's first fight first fight was against a first professional fight was against cub swanson or against you know uh uh, uh josie aldo or something like that think of his first pro fight was like that yeah he probably gets smoked think of john jones his first professional fight ever was against uh prime chuck liddell or a prime tito ortiz or was against shogun who on his prime or leota machida on his prime Think of uh, think of 
if John Jones' first professional fight was against one of them? He gets smoked. It's the way it is. You know, Artem didn't, you know, made the decision he never wanted to fight, you know, guys that were considered beatable. He wanted to fight the top guys, win or lose. So a lot of times it bit him on the behind and he lost. You know, but that shouldn't reflect now in the UFC. He's been he's got much better since those losses. And he just made it with Cub Swanson. Competition, the bet the uh uh a huge step up in competition, and he didn't get embarrassed. There's something to say to that. Cub Swanson has beaten people who are in the top 15 much worse, even more, way more easily than he just beat Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov has made it a better fight with Cub Swanson than Cub Swanson has had with some ranked opponents. You have to take that into consideration. Don't let your hate of someone because he trash talks and, and all this stuff, and he was gift-wrapped uh, opportunity into the UFC. By Conor McGregor, but then, but in the, the day, the UFC is gonna once you're in there, you have to earn it. They give you a chance to earn it, and he just came off of, of a of tremendous victory over Ishihara before this fight. Ishihara is a good prospect, so at the end of the day, uh, don't let your hate because you know and personal feelings get in the way of, of a fighter. He really is a good fighter, man, a, a fairly decent fighter. He, he deserves to be in the UFC at least another and give him another shot at least another three or four fights. I, I think he will be. A journeyman in the UFC, of course. I don't think he'll ever be a champion. I don't think I'm not saying any of that, but I think he will have a job in the UFC for at least the next three or four fights. Um, last question I'll answer today is by uh, hopefully I don't butcher your name again, Sir Satyam Malakar. I hope I said that right. Uh, he asked, do you think Cub Swanson should get another chance for the UFC gold? 100%. I believe he's earned it. His stock is really high right now with the fans. Fans love him after that Duhu Choi fight and this fight. He's a blood and guts fighter. Ain't too many left in this sport. A lot, a lot more technical these days. And uh, uh, the fans love him. I think his stock's never been higher. I think he should definitely get a title shot. At the winner between Jose Aldo and Max Holloway, 100%. Um, I appreciate the questions, guys. I really do. You guys are awesome. Uh, keep sending them in every week, and I will give you guys a shout out, and I will give you guys, you know, and answer your questions the best I know how. You know, with my with with, with the knowledge I have of the sport, and, and Jason will be here, and he'll be able to give his side of the opinions. Uh, next week and, and in the weeks to come and we'll, he'll be, you'll be able to hear his opinion as to mine because sometimes we differ in opinions we have different philosophies sometimes but that's what makes a great dynamic for a show you know so I can't wait to get him back so I can hear some of the opinions on this we were going to talk uh, Aaron Hernandez and uh, Aaron Hernandez suicide really going to go into length about that we're also going to go into length about the uh, World Series of Fighting uh, becoming a pro fight league uh, which will be starting next year Apparently, we're going to talk about that, but I don't want to talk about those things without Jason Hoban. I would like to have him here and, and, and we can, you know, genuflect off, off of each other. Uh, so I'm going to hold off on those until next week. But uh, just to put a bow on this thing, man, it was a great night of fights last night, a great main event in Bellator. And uh, can't wait. Do not, we don't have any fights to preview this week. Uh, or, or um, this week coming up, I think uh, next week we will be able to preview uh, the upcoming boxing match between Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. 
and Saul Canelo Alvarez. Cannot wait for that fight, ladies and gentlemen. I think we'll go over that next week. But until then, we wrap it up and say this was the MMA Fight Game. Follow the MMA Fight Game on Twitter and Instagram at the MMA Fight Game. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the MMA Fight Game. To listen to every podcast, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and search the MMA Fight Game. Go look us up today.